Hey, this is Nick from Moontooth, and you're listening to Epitome of Stupidity. If you saw the What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Woo! Welcome to another episode of Epitome of Stupidity, your favorite alleged middle podcast. You're going to be even more excited to hear this one because we took last week off. Yes. Episode number 40. What's that, that in the background? That is Moon 2. The album is, the album is Crux coming out 329. That would be March 29th for all you people that aren't looking at numbers. Yeah. And that Trust. song is Trust. And it is also Trust and Believe. The good. It's good. There, uh, there'll be a link, I assume, for the video that they released for it, um, along with other things Moontooth related, because you should be checking them out because they are fucking awesome. More on that in a minute. More on that soon. Brian. Hey. First, a word from our sponsors. Spon- sponsor. Sponsor. A word from our sponsor. I still don't understand what's going on. The Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival has arrived. Map Free Stadium, Columbus, Ohio, May 17th through the 19th, with Foo Fighters. System of the Down. Are you ready? Disturbed. Get up, get up. With Bring Me the Horizon. Prodigy. Ghost. Hailstorm. Lamb of God. The Cult. Andrew Dice Clay. And more. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com for everything. See ya at the temple. Now do you? I'm still scared. Okay. Well, more on that to come. Yes, like maybe ticket giveaways. I may have mentioned that on our social already. Oh. More on I don't that read that stuff. soon. Who wants a ticket? I heard you. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I hear you. Back uh, there in the left with the flannel. You're, you're that's my guy. you. Oh. Oh. You don't win. Uh, damn it. You're a loser. Loser. What is, what's a loser listening to these days? Oh, what's a loser listening to? Is that your fucking. You and these. Oh, yeah. uh, actually, I went on a hard run of the Foo oh, Fighters, yeah. speaking of Sonic Temple. And. Uh, that, that that carried me Monday through Wednesday, and then uh, kind of wandered off into some Seven Dust, because we've got a Seven Dust show coming up. We would love to talk to them, but we can't seem to get through to anybody, so that might not be happening. That, <laughs> by might not, I mean, it's not going to happen. What about Clint? What about Clint? Would you, did you reach out to him? Yes. Oh, okay. That, you confused the fuck out of me purposely there. That <laughs> no, was, not, on, not on purpose. That was not funny. That's really his name. And uh, I'm going to give... Post metal band of the week to Latitudes. Crapitudes. Latitudes. You never even listen to them. You I've heard of them. Bullshit. I call it bullshit. Also, did me a little Primus there toward the end of the week because that <sighs> needed something to make me happy on a Friday. Trixie Ricks, who does not listen? I blame you. I don't care. That's fine. I still blame her. Okay. Then why is she blowing up my phone? She's not. She blows up my phone. It was a quick conversation. What am I listening to? Um, I listened to some more Ginger. Mm-hmm, I did. Um, Seven Dust, trying to get familiar with the new stuff. And with most, I think it works like this for most people, the more you listen to it, it's okay. I told you. It's okay. I told you. It's okay. It's, it, you got all hot and bothered about it. No, it's just, it's not home. Of course it's not. Well, that's the bar that it's I It's also want not 1998. To jump over We're the fucking moon. 90s kids. It's 2019. Uh, I did some clutch. You're welcome. Yeah. 
I went Friday, man. I was all over the fucking place. Um, you know what? After this, we're going to start writing it down. But I probably don't because I really hate this segment. That's what I'm on When it's not out, it's my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Just because I like talking about what I'm listening to. There was, you know, we have a review coming up, but man, there were some really terrible albums released. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny that you can tell by the cover of these new, you know, I search in the metal genre, the album cover, you can tell the person is going to open with a falsetto immediately <laughs> and it's going to be garbage. Nice. I can't believe. I guess there are older people. I can't believe this stuff is still a thing. Believe it, buddy. Name one band that's got that falsetto thing that's new. That's new? Yeah. That, uh, does that like Steel Panther count? Okay, yeah. Who listens to Steel Panther? A lot of people. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. That's that's the Brian rant for the weekend. There you go. I doubt that's the only one we get today, but whatever. I want to hear someone else's rant. I want to hear... Nick from Moontooth's rant, specifically. Let's dial some random numbers and see if the magic of phones works. That's what I'm going with. Stop looking at me. Ring. And we got him. Nick with Moontooth on the phone with us. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm, hey guys. I'm good. How are you doing? Not too shabby. Straight from New York? From New Long Island, New York. All right. How's the weather out there today? <laughs> Small talk. It's, it's cold. Yeah? It's not bad. It's not terrible, though. We're it's been really late. shitty this week. We're getting but, uh, the, uh, today's not so bad. It's cold as fuck. <laughs> yeah. We're getting the icy rain stuff right now, so I think you guys will be getting that soon. Send it your way. Yeah, we're just past it. I got stuck the other day going to teach a lesson because of that shit. <laughs> like my, my little Hyundai piece of shit just like refused to drive in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nick. It was fun. Guitars from Moontooth. The Moontooth. The Moontooth. So what you guys got an album coming out? Are we going straight to the album. Let's go straight, straight, to, the straight to the album coming out. March, yeah, twenty nine. March twenty ninth, yeah. It's called Crux. Been a long time, a couple years now in the making. Tell us a little bit about it. The making, yes, that's the good stuff. Um, it's the first time that we. It's our second full length album. We have an e, uh, an EP and a, another full length we put out a couple years ago. Out. Um, this is the first time we've worked with anybody outside of the band. Um. We got the attention of a record producer that goes by Machine, who was interested in working with the band, and we had been fans of his for a long time from his work with Clutch and Lamb of God and Every Time I Die. So we were super stoked about that, and then he brought along Mark Morton of Lamb of God to work on pre-production with us at Mark's house, yeah. uh, just because they were Mark's trying to get into the production end of things, and they'd been friends and trying to work together on a project for a long time. So no big we deal. did pre-production with them in December of last year. And then most of the rest of this year has been spent, you know, recording it, shopping it, et cetera, and et cetera. And it's uh, finally done and coming out. And we're excited <laughs> for this part. Right. That's fucking awesome. We use the song uh, Trust on the intro today. And God knows that fucking song's a lot of fun. It, um, Thanks. How is yeah, uh, that's the lead off track? That's uh, all that's out at the moment. And uh, it's been getting really good, positive uh reactions from everybody it's getting played on like liquid metal and some of the other satellite stations and shit so yeah we're really excited about the response to that one would you say that's a good a good gauge song for the album as far as you know i don't know heaviness or riffiness or is it is that a pretty good feeler um in a way i mean it was the song that i personally always really wanted to be the first song people heard and we we had kind of like gone back and forth on which song that should be 
and I'm, I'm happy it ended up being trust because I feel like it's a good, uh, it's a good indicator of the heavier, more fun side of the album without okay. giving it, giving away everything. Okay. But there is a whole nother dimension to the album. That's way more, um, moody and, uh, less aggressive, but okay. at least, at least in the tones and stuff like that, more moody finger picked kind of just different vibes altogether. Nice. How, uh, how was this one? How would you say that this one's different than the original stuff? Um, we collaborated more with each other and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think we're, the reaction we're getting from a lot of people is that, that, you know, are aware of the last record is that it is a more like focused, um, kind of honed in version of Moontooth. Um, and on the last record, you know, I would write a song musically our drummer Ray would write a song musically and then John, our singer, we'd write this crazy shit and then our singer would have to, you know, <laughs> figure out what to do on top of it, which was kind of not a fun job. But he, in his route that he took was to make the most kind of acrobatic vocals he could make to just to kind of like be on the same playing field as the guitars and the drums and the arrangements and everything. Um, this time we tried to focus more on, uh, just writing more cohesive songs together and trying to write things that were maybe even a little more anthemic and that you could sing along to, you know, without losing kind of the progressive end of it, you know, or, you know, we're not, we're not exactly phoning in the, the riffs just for, for that reason. Right. Um, but you know, just, just overall, like leaving the right amount of space for everything to, to, you know, to breathe and to, you know, be focused on, you know, there's, there's things for everybody on this album, I think, whether you're a drummer or a guitar player, or you just, just a casual music listener. I can't wait. I pre-ordered mine just the other day and I can't wait to hear the damn thing. Oh, kissing ass. Cool. Kissing yeah. ass, kissing kissing ass, ass. <laughs> and taking names. Yeah, thank uh, you for doing that. That's awesome. Speaking of the album, you've got, you guys have a listening party, I believe, coming up with a beer. Yeah. So we, um, there's a bar here on Long Island called Vox Hall in Huntington. Um, and they're like a cool, like, uh, just like beer and burger bar and they do like nice craft cocktails and stuff. It's a classy joint, but it's got like a, you know, kind of younger vibe and which is few and far between here on the island right. know, to a certain extent. But anyway, they're our friends and they approached us like, Hey, would you want to do a listening party? Um, yes, and please. of course we were like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Never done that before. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like it's so much easier than a show, you know, you just hang out and listen to the record with people right um and then the idea of have getting like a moon tooth beer involved came up because they had done it once before uh with a band called incendiary who are a hardcore band from here from long island really crazy badass hardcore band um and this company barrier brewing who are in oceanside here in new york and long island um they had done a beer for incendiary so we approached them and kind of waited it out for a long time and eventually they kind of were like oh yeah it's just, this sounds good and one somebody that worked for barrier was aware of moon tooth and kind of is helping make it happen and they kind of were just like send us some names and like kind of what you want and uh i haven't at this point gotten to try it yet but i'm hoping maybe this weekend we'll get a shot please tell me it's called brew tooth yeah no it's uh it's there's a song on the album it's track two it's called omega days and the the beer is a hazy IPA, so we call it ah. Omega Haze. Oh, uh, okay. You win. Yeah. You tied it together nicely there. <laughs> that, 
Yeah, we were trying to make it around something around the new album, you know. And when is this listening party? March 2nd. March 2nd. Uh, Saturday, March 2nd. Yeah, at Box Hall in Huntington. That's not fair. If you want to come out to New York, it's free. <laughs> you said a classy joint. Um, we're not allowed in there, right? <laughs> what's that? You said it was a classy place. We're not allowed in those yeah. places. Yeah, it's not, it's not like that type of classy. Oh, right? okay. If I'm allowed in there, I'm sure you're allowed in <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about you, Nick. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, things like how'd you get into playing guitar? Who's your favorite Muppet? Let's have some fun. Um, my favorite Muppet was Gonzo. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that Gonzo one. the Great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fast. He was the funniest to me as a kid. Right? Getting um, shot out of cannons and stuff. Well, yeah, and he yeah he like was in love with chickens. The chickens. <laughs> uh, what was the other question? <laughs> How'd you get started on guitar? Um, I had a uh, well, my immediate family is very into music. Listen to music, you know, every day. Um, and they're close friends who became like my aunts and uncles, uh, all played in my cover bands, uh, and just always, you know, had parties where they were blaring music. So it always seemed, you know, from a very young age, like the most fun thing to do. Um, and then they, I just got bought a guitar when I was like six. And, uh, by the time I was around eight, I started taking like steady lessons, you know, and I, you know, I had my first favorite. I had like tapes growing up. I had like ACDC and Aerosmith and Van Halen and stuff. But my favorite thing was Metallica from a very young age. So that was kind of the the impetus to want to go in that direction with my life is kind of, you know, Metallica and then thus heavy metal, you know, all of it. So nice. do you want to be Kirk or James? James. Uh, James. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nailed that answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cause, mostly because he's the songwriter, you know. Right. You know, he. Sick I mean him and Lars, but like he's the, you know, I think is the the gifted one. You know, there there couldn't be it, the band without any of them, but especially him. You know, and, and just you know his his voice and his songwriting were just. You know, it's, I think it's you know it's everybody's gateway because it is very it's accessible, but still right super heavy and right. and Nails you know it. pissed off the first time you hear it and shit. Yes, especially from very accurate. You know, back when it was anyways. Um. Yeah, about Metallica. Right. So, what? What? Uh, how about some other fun things? You know, influences. What was your first show? Things like that. Uh, my first show, first like real concert was uh, System of a Down. With uh, it was a cool lineup. It was an off date of Ozfest. So System headlined. Um, Down with Phil Anselmo was the direct support, and then uh, Meshuga was the opening band. Damn. Whoa. Yeah, and it was at Jones Beach, which is like this outdoor amphitheater here in Long Island. And a lot of like my drummer Ray, like we maybe met a little bit, but he was there, and a bunch of my other friends, you know, through music. Like a lot of people my age that are that I know through music now were at that show, you know, because it was a big deal. That was like Toxicity had just came out, and System of a Down was huge. Yeah, um, and that was a sick show. There was an opening band called Pulse Ultra, which I don't think it, uh, I, I don't remember. Know if you guys Pulse remember Ultra. that band? Yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You do? I right, don't cool. know. That was the only only interaction with them. But um, I remember, yeah, my dad took me and my friend at the time, and uh, he was just like, I remember him just being blown away by Mashuga, just like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> then, and he likes heavy music, but still like not being prepared to see Mashuga. Yes. And then, uh, no you one's know, ever Down came out, and Phil was at like peak, just bad, like on stage, like <laughs> calling calling kids out in the crowd and stuff. <laughs> 
Being, and then, being uh, yeah, and then when System came on, he didn't know what to think. They came out to like this Armenian like Raga, and Serge was wearing a dress, and then they opened with Pogo. <laughs> oh man! So it was a shock, but then right. he ended up being really into them, so it worked out. Nice. Um, speaking uh, of shows, I guess how about some uh some fun Moon Two story shows? What what's uh give us a good story and a things went terribly wrong story? I mean, there's too many terribly wrong stories to even. <laughs> I I'm trying to think like the one that always comes to mind because it's just a funny story is uh. We're playing in South Carolina at this place called Ground Zero, and um, we were still we were on our way down to Texas to do South by, and we didn't even have our last album out, so we were still pretty new, pretty unknown, and uh, not that that's that different now, but you know at the time <laughs> it was more so, and like we didn't have that many friends there, but it was like a decent show, um, and uh, like a decent crowd. We go into the first song, everybody's feeling good, and our singer. More so back then, uh, we would open with the song Ebb Flow, which is the first song on our first EP. And there's a long instrumental section at the end. So he would always use that as an opportunity to just do some crazy shit. Like there was, there's been times where he went out in the street and tried to direct traffic in front of the venue. <laughs> uh, he shaved his head at that South by show, like, <laughs> like got a huge extension cord and went outside and shaved his head. Uh, just trying to get people into the show. And this one particular, he, we used to travel with this ridiculous like Nerf sword that was like three feet long. And uh, he jumped off the stage and, you know, slayed people in the audience, not like actually hurting them, but right. like, pretending to. <laughs> and he jumped over the bar and the bartender freaked the fuck out. He gets back on the stage, we finish the song, and we were, think, we were thinking that went really well. And it's the, as soon as we stopped, the last note, the sound guy goes, first of all, <laughs> we just knew this. Okay, this is not good. Uh, the sound guy. The sound guy was the first thing he said, which was funny, was that the guitar was too loud, of course. But then he said that our the bartender almost shot our singer with the shotgun under the shit. bar because he jumped over with a sword, and you know nobody knows us from a hole in the ground. So that was funny, and we became good friends with those guys afterwards. But <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah. Where was this at? More fun. Uh, where is that? Spartanburg, so South Carolina. Yeah. Make note of that. Don't fuck around down there in them. Yeah, don't, don't jump over the bar if you don't know the guy. That's noted. That's happened. Stuff like there's been stuff like that. One time he made like forty cardboard swords and like distributed them to the audience, and we did like a wall of death. <laughs> but like more like Braveheart, you know? Right. Very uh, great idea. That's we've gotten cool. like in fight. I mean, there was a guy in Texas that came uh came right up to the stage. It was like a terrible show in Austin that we were playing. It was like nobody there, and uh, he just came right up to this the stage and just got right in my face and was like, give me the finger. It was like this old drunk guy. And it turned into like, you know, I retaliated and then he retaliated. And then, you know, we finished the song and our bass player, who's a big dude, you know, I don't know. It just kind of escalated. That was more <laughs> of the, that was more of a negative story though. That wasn't fun. You know, Positive right. to me. that was like, yeah, like this show was bad enough. And then like, this guy's got to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about kicking us when we were down. Yeah. You know? When bad gets worse. <laughs> exactly. All right, what about the other end of it? Tell us some fun stories, some good stuff. Um, I mean, we got some to do some cool opening. I mean, we got to go out on tour with like Intronaut and Fit for an Autopsy and Thank You Scientists, like bands that we really dig. But we got to open for like Dillinger Escape Plan here nice. in New York at, at, at St. Vitus, which was a tiny place. Yeah. We got to open for Kill, Kill Switch Engage at a, like a smaller venue in New York City, which was really cool. Um, and we got to open for Guar here on the island, which ha. was awesome. And 
we rolled up and they had all their loincloths like on the fence outside, like drying out from the night before. <laughs> and there was just like just masks and like weird shit everywhere in this place called the Paramount, which is a nice nicer venue here on the island. Um, yeah, I mean, all those are always great. At that know. point, were they were these guys approaching you, or were you was your you have a manager or something actively seeking these shows? Were you just the guys to to do this stuff at the we end? We had a, we had a friend that was pitching us to shows um, at the time. It was kind of like not really our booking agent, but just kind of trying to help us out. But uh, Jesse Leach from Killswitch had seen us a few times and become a fan. He actually like posted a picture of him wearing a shirt once, and that was like a big deal, you know, for for people, you know, just being aware of the band. You know, yeah. it was amazing how nice. just that that little gesture, you know encompassed like you know years of work right. trying to get people Hell to yeah. pay attention that's what it's about um but he's a fan of king parrot the crazy australian band king parrot and we oh, we played with them a couple times so he ended up seeing us with that band that's so awesome. that was cool so the kill switch shows kind of came easier because for that reason right and now we're, we're about to go out with mark morton who you know i grew up listening to lamb of god and then to have him work on a record and then a few months later to be going on tour with him for his solo record is that's super exciting. Yeah. That's gotta be, I I imagine that's a little nerve wracking too. Yeah. Are you ready for that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll be nerve wracking. Uh, you know, it's, it's at this point I've been doing it long enough and I, I play in another band that's done some really big festivals and stuff. And I, I'll definitely get nervous. The things that are most nerve wracking are things like that I can't control. Like, you know, like we're not going to be probably be able to have our own sound guy on this tour. So all the places we're playing are super nice. I'm sure it'll all be fine. But, you know, the things you can't control. But you got to kind of let that let that stuff go. Yeah. And just kind of accept, you know, what happens and just make the best of it every day. From all my but, touring um, no, experience. Definitely more excited than nervous, especially because we know them already. It's not, not going to walk into it with that awkward kind of like. Yeah, you probably think we're a bunch of fucking jabrones. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's and it's Mark Morton. I mean, he's well known enough that you guys should be taken care of. I, I would imagine. And you know, he's heard all your songs already, so there's no, uh, there's no, yeah. there's no nerve nervous there, right? He had a he had a little hand in on the on the album, so. Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, very you know very prolific and and just suggesting things that ended up being used and um, making the songs better during the pre-production. And yeah, they're just the ice is broken already, so that's cool. Because, you know, sometimes with the first day of tour is kind of weird, you know? Right. Just, All right, I'm going to spend a month and a half with you. But, you know, we're just meeting for the first time. But I've never actually had an experience where I toured with somebody that I didn't didn't like hanging with. Oh, luckily. nice. That's good. I, um, speaking of recording with them, this you say that this is the first time that You'd recorded with people outside of the band. How, uh, what kind of weirdness did that involve? Yeah, well, we did. There was there were different plans in the original arrangement, but they, we 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 ended up just doing pre-production, and then our drummer uh, Ray Marte produced, like, recorded and engineered the whole record. So when you hear it, that's all his production work. Um, but you know, we got together and worked on the songs with Mark and Machine. So that is more personal, you know, than a guitar tone. Like, so when they would come in and be <laughs> yeah. like you know, this part's too long or this, you know, you need a better, this chorus could be better. You know, some of it, you know, hurts the first time you hear it and you get kind of defensive because, uh, you know, it's it's, especially stuff that we've been playing for a while. It just, you get attached to what it is. And then when someone else tells you that it could be better if you did this or that, the initial reaction is like, whoa, what are you doing now? You, you know, 
you can't change this. This is already how it is. But we, since it was our first time doing it, especially it was tricky for us, like to, I guess, retain our integrity, but also be, you know, willing to work, you know? So we, we kind of had to work through, you know, we were learning as we were going, but generally the way it would go is like, it suggests something we'd be like, uh, I'll try it. And then, then we'd try it and hear it back first time. Be like, I don't know. And hear it back two times. Like, okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's better now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and at least it's Mark Morton. It's not some end some, machine. Some yeah, well, end machine, some asshole just sitting yeah, there. Machine, you know, yeah, that, it, exactly. Yeah, but you know, you have your own vision of what it, right. what a song should be, and then they'll have their own. Yeah. You know, and then what? You know, if you can all work it out where everybody's happy in the end, then it's generally comes out better. Yeah, better you just product. Have more yeah. minds on it. Yeah, more discussion about it. More like critical thinking about it. Uh, it was very interesting. We learned a lot for sure. So once you guys were done with all the pre-stuff, I, I assume that made the actual recording go a little bit quicker. How long was it to actually get the album recorded? Um, probably like probably six months or so, oh. because you know we were working, we were cut, we were cutting out as much time as we could. You know, we did drums, and I think it was a little like maybe th- three, four days. We tracked all the drums, and then guitars we cut out like three weeks. <laughs> Because there are a lot of guitars and we layer a lot of stuff, and we're me and our drummer Ray are are very interested in finding like the perfect quote unquote tone for each riff and each part. So that that's a huge undertaking. Bass took a couple weeks, vocals took probably about the same amount of time as guitar. But while everybody's working and playing occasional gigs and stuff like that, and you know, it took yeah, so it took five months, six months, and then we we shopped it for the remainder of. Yeah, like last year, and ended up, you know, with our friends in Modern Static Records to put it out. Nice. Um, so the recording itself is probably five, six months, and then the rest of the year went to getting it out. That's uh, like I said, I can't wait to get my damn hands on it. I hope one of those stickers is coming with it too, because those stickers are fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and the the artwork is all done by our friend Paul Motisi, who designed that logo and is helping us with a lot of the merch and stuff. So all the Everything looks very cohesive and and just very very cool, you know. Like we didn't we didn't cut any corners to to cheap out anything, you know. Like we want to make physical items that people really dig and are excited to get, which you know is important these days. Right? Is is there any any kind of hidden me- uh, meaning behind that logo? The I don't even know what you call it, that those oh, lines. Symbol? Yeah, that symbol kind of thing. Is there? Um, it, it basically we me and our singer and paul and and the other guys got involved with it at different times too like we basically just came up with i think paul uh, john our singer came up with it originally as just kind of representing the idea of crux of this particular point of difficulty in all of our lives and being on the crux of choosing a life in you know your in music or in art and your passion or choosing a life that's a little safer and more more secure, you know, you know, in all relationships, finances, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it just kind of just came from sketches and drawings, trying to illustrate that without trying, you know, while making like something original, uh, that wasn't already used for some other philosophy or anything. Which is um, terrible. Yeah. That's just where we ended up. That was like everyone's favorite one. Um, and we just wanted something, something where you could see it and quickly just know it was a for moon tooth you know over time hell yeah 
Speaking of Moontooth, where the hell did that name come from? Uh, yeah, uh, I wish that I had a better story for this. I mean, <laughs> it, we were shoot, just shooting names back and forth all the time. Like, you know, me and Ray, our drummer, played together in another band for almost, I don't know, almost a decade before we started Moontooth. That band was our band growing up in school. And we, that broke up. We started Moontooth and just from scratch, you know, we found John and Vin pretty quickly, but it was essentially just starting over. Um, so picking a name took months and months, you know, just kind of right. I had dozens and dozens written in a notebook and he would come up with stuff and we would probably just get stoned in the van and listen to <laughs> demos and listen to other music and just shoot names. And Moontooth was just what stuck with everybody. And we liked, we liked it phonetically and, and like the look of the words together. Right. And just the way it kind of, it kind of, to an extent describes what the music sounds like. You know, there's spaciness and there's aggression. And, uh, yeah, I don't even remember what any of the other names that we had were, like, at all. There were a bunch, though. Is it, uh, is there any, any ever, uh, mishearings of it? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, no matter how much I enunciate <laughs> the words, <laughs> the words moon tooth, any kind of, stranger who is not aware of it and they go oh what's your band called and they say moon tooth the longest o's i can <laughs> say that's always bluetooth it's always what we get <laughs> oh i've heard of you you're on my phone already <laughs> yeah alexa like, connect to my moon fuck? tooth <laughs> <laughs> it would have been i guess maybe that would have been a better name so people would think of it more but <laughs> you know it's amazing you, I, don't, I don't know how to enunciate the words better than i do you wouldn't have I to have to come up with a symbol and, it's like without fail. What are you playing currently? What what uh what kind of gear are you rocking? Uh guitar wise I have an endorsement with uh Vigier guitars who are based in France. How do you spell um, that? It looks like Vigier, it looks like V I G I E R. Um which I kinda stumbled onto through a friend who is their uh you know, US like artist rep and we've been already playing gigs together for years. Um uh, he plays in this killer band called Dead Empires from upstate New York. And he also plays in number 12 looks like you now. Um, uh, so he was like, I was kind of in between guitars. I grew up playing unless Paul had broken the headstock off or like you know, snap the, the neck and the headstock, um, uh, where they meet on the guitar and, uh, many times and I was getting ready to retire it, uh, and trying other guitars. And he was like, let me let like lend you one and we'll see, I'll see if I can work out a deal. And I loved it. And long story short is that he did. And, um, they're super sick. Like their main claim to fame, I guess, is the, they have what they call a 90 10 split in the neck. It's 90% wood and then 10% carbon fiber. So it eliminates the truss rod, which therefore eliminates, you know, tuning issues. And it could change, I could change my tunings and my tension on my strings without having to worry about the neck moving. So that's like a huge deal. For me, I mean, we have many tunings in different Moontooth songs at this point. And, you know, just touring is just practically makes so much sense. And they're just badass and they're a great company that's, you know, brought me to NAM a few years now. Ooh. Were and, you there uh, this year? Yeah. I've been oh, yeah. I saw today. the interview. I saw the interview of the, you at NAM. Yeah, I've been there the last three years. It's, it's a trip. It's fun. Um, and then uh, I got a million. I got a big ass pedal board and a million pedals. Um, and, but and then head wise, I use this 1974 high watt, uh, DR103, which I've had for a few years. And it's definitely my favorite head, just loud, clean, you know, I can kind of 
make it do whatever I need it to do, nice. which is awesome. You know, I like being able to use effects and, and just different pickups and different, you know, whatever, different guitars to just kind of sculpt whatever, you know? Right. What you- I like, I, it, there's a lot of heads like a, you know, 5150 or, uh, whatever that that would be sick for certain things but like with the high watt i can kind of do whatever i want what's your go-to pickup right now um i kind of don't have one i'm i uh i've been using the seymour duncan um custom for a long time uh that's probably my go-to for just what i do in my main just heavy bridge pickup sound um and then but i don't know the new new vigia i got's got like demarzio's in it and i uh yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm still experimenting with that, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, the, the Duncan, any kind of like high output passive pickup is yeah. my main go-to. I like this. I've been playing Duncans for a long time, though. That's awesome, man. I, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking some time out on your Sunday here to uh, shoot the shit with us. We'll get you out of here on the trophy uh, outro question that we go with. And uh, you're shipped off to an island and you get one album to take with you. What's it going to be? Oh uh, yeah, this one. Uh, I, <laughs> I think uh, I, I'll go with my 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 answer that I've gone with before in this question, and which is uh, you know, there's plenty of metal records that I could choose, but I love this one record called Six and Twelve String Acoustic Guitars by a guy named Leo Kotke, and it's just him doing acoustic guitar stuff, and he just rips this amazing bluegrass folk kind of fusion craziness, and but like all the songs are super beautiful, and there's just so much. It's just so dense for just being one guitar. I don't think I I could ever get sick of hearing it. Sounds like it would go good with an island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be grumpy all the time <laughs> listening to listening to metal for the rest of eternity. Right. No one's gonna be grumpy listening to Moon too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We uh, that might make you grumpy after a while. <laughs> you can yeah. Tell me when you get the album. Uh, we most certainly fucking will. Um. I suppose before we let you go, uh, we, I forgot to, I skipped over the tour thing. You mentioned that you, you know, we obviously, you've got the tour with Mark coming up. Is there, you guys got plans out for the rest of the year? Uh, it's all coming together now. I mean, we have, we have our, the tour with Mark Morton and Light the Torch, uh, is March 13th to the end, March 29th to 30th. It's like till the end of March. And then that ends in Arizona. So we'll be doing some headlining shows on the way home in April. Um, and then we have some cool one-offs that, uh, with bands we really like that we're excited to announce, but can't until after the Mark tour. Um, and then, yeah, we're working on the summer now and, you know, we'll have a new record out. So we'll be, we'll be out there. You'll definitely have a lot of opportunities to, to come see us. You, awesome. You can tell us, Nick, we won't tell anybody. I right. Mean, you can trust us <laughs> with all that kind of secret stuff. We won't tell no one. Well, we hope to see yeah. you here in Columbus and again, Appreciate you taking some time out of your Sunday to shoot the shit with us and uh, look forward to seeing you. Hopefully we see you out there, man. Cool. Right on, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Nick. Bye, man. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. That, that was. was. En- that was enlightening. Enlightening. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I, I seriously am fucking super stoked for that album. That that Trust song is bad ass, and I can't wait to hear what goes along with the album. And... It just seems like some cool dudes. I love the story about the singer jumping over the bar. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Shaving his head, making swords and stuff. Fucking almost died over a foam sword. Yeah. Rockstar stories are the best stories. Right. I'm glad that they're they're up and up getting trajectory. Yeah, yeah. They're getting getting noted 
notoriety and all that good stuff. I sure the fuck hope to see them here in Yes. Columbus. If they don't, if they're coming to your town, go see them. If you're in Texas, right? That's what he said. They're, that's where they're finishing up or something. That's the Martin one. Arizona? Yeah. Same. They're the same. They're in the same country. Shape. Sure. <laughs> in the same country. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Really appreciate it. I, we, will, we will talk to him again. Yes. Whether you like it or not. Hopefully Nick, in person. You don't have an option. So the news, I guess, uh, through that loud, obnoxious thing in there for you. Through that loud, obnoxious sounder that Brian made. Is that a sounder? Is that, work? Is that That's what, what I'm going with. Okay. Um, Symphony of Destruction. Yeah, you liked that one, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, do I got to put the sweating bullets in there? No, I think we can leave <laughs> it at this time. Okay. Maybe You've got it recorded. You can toss that in somewhere, I guess. Yeah. So... Dave Mustaine is a jujitsu master. You just, in no way, shape, or form, want to fuck with Dave Mustaine. No, no, because one, he's an asshole. Two, he's a rock star. And three, jujitsu. I'm going with allegedly on the first and the third one, but whatever. He's done all kinds of crazy shit, too. He's doing taekwondo. He's doing jujitsu. He's doing, what, what else has he got listed on there? Hill BJJ. I don't know. What? <laughs> Gracie Bubba Spring Hill BJJ? Self-defense. <laughs> third-degree black belt. Third-degree black, black belt. Black, black. Oh, it's led by a third-degree yeah. black belt. Practices this is, kung fu and other martial arts. Uh, Ola England takes karate, too. Like This is like, I think this is a thing. I love his sensei's name. Do you see his sensei? Say his it. sensei the jet? named after an Elton John song. Benny and the Jets. Yeah. You're you're quit it, and you know what? I'm not gonna try to pronounce his last name because he'll find me and <laughs> bludgeon me. Because he'll find me. <laughs> Speaking of finding you, I didn't actually mean to make fun of you, Benny. I'm sorry. Um, the next story has Megadeth in it too. It does tie it together like it was planned out. Yeah. So Dave stole In Flames drummer, who's his, his name's like it's one of those weird D Swedish names, and I'm not gonna be able to actually think of it. It's not in here. No. Oh, they don't even list his name. Well, it's not actually about him. Oh, okay. But uh, In Flames has officially returned the favor by stealing the former Megadeth guitarist, Chris Broderick, to fill in for their guitarist. Like former as in he was on... I think his last album was Super Collider. Oh, well, then he's not stolen. He was just out there. Well, then it's not a story. Then we're not talking about it. (laughs) It's just kind of a fun coincidence there. Like when Metallica and Ozzy switched bass players. Who wins that trade? Oh, Jesus, Megadeth. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Sure. Megadeth still got Kiko Lorenzo or whatever the hell his name is that filled in for Broderick and Kiko. And that, that drummer's killing it. They're talking about blast beats and shit for the new album. We've only said that 645 times on this stupid podcast. Waiting on this album. I'm talking about my podcast. Don't talk about my fucking podcast being stupid when it's got stupid in the name. Don't talk about Tool on my podcast. No, please don't. Seriously, let's stop. Oh wait, this isn't actually about Tool. Nope, this is Guns and Roses. This is the next new Tool album. We're going to be hearing about this for the next fifty-two years. This is going to be the new Guns and Roses album. You've heard that you you're hearing it here first, straight out of Clint's mouth. I I have no idea why you say this. Why do I say this? Yes, that's the question. Well, a it took a millennia or two for Axel to put together that hot piece of garbage that was Chinese Democracy, and that was when he was doing shit basically by himself. Now he's going to bring Slash back in, and they're going to argue about things. And it's never going to come out. Either that or 15 you years. You want a hug from, right now? Either that or 15 years from now, the new Tool album and the new Guns N' Roses album are going to come out on the same day. Double they, album. They'll go fucking tour together. It's going to be a split. It's going to be a split, <laughs> but it's going to be 30 songs and 
Only eight of them are going to be Tool songs because they'll all be 15 minutes long. Okay. I did the math. It works. Okay. Maybe. I like to see your work on. I'm that. not good at math. I didn't. I did. I certainly didn't show my work. Uh, speaking of splits, Macedon <laughs> is uh, splitting the stage with a band called. Oh, we're we're on to tours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I don't have a sounder for tours. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's tied into reviews, so <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, upcoming tours. Macedon, Coheed and Cam. Actually, I, I guess I'm doing it wrong. It's every time I die. Macedon and then Coheed and Cambria is for some fucking god awful reason headline and makes me sick. It makes me sick. Gives too. me the nervous farts. I actually was considering skipping this until I realized that Macedon was playing Crack the Sky from start to finish. So they are? Shut up and take I my didn't money. Know that. Shut up and take my money. I cannot wait for this. So that's like an what was that, an hour long album? It's gotta be close to it. Yeah, so that's what. Well, I didn't know that until just now. But it'll I be a split like they did with. Yeah, Primus. that's why they'll, they'll get a good. I, I'm, for me, this is this is ideal, right? Because right, I can just like it worked leave. out with the Primus show. Yeah. I can fucking leave. I, uh, I'm nope, nope. You're not getting a Cody and Cambria fucking rant. Not doing it. They suck. They suck. I'm not uh, afraid of every time I die either. But I mean, and they're they're going all over. Obviously, you can Google and look at it all the way out. Texas, California, Oregon. M.O., whatever that means. Illinois. I know. God damn it, Clint. I know what it means. I don't believe you. <laughs> M.D., Maryland. But anyway, South Carolina, they're all over. Fucking, even if you can't stand Coheed, like probably everyone listening should. Yeah. Uh, Mastodon. That's the end of the story. They do cover a lot of ground for Mastodon. just being a little bit more than a month. We're the second fucking show, too. Man. Even more, even more. I don't know. I'm kind of equally excited just because I'm, venue size and all. Uh, no, stuff. I'm more excited for the skeleton. Are you really? I am. Yeah, never, and never we're, seen. We're we're the second show on the Mastodon tour. We're the last show on the upcoming Skeleton Witch yes. tour. We've been waiting for that, even oh, though we didn't know it was coming. But as soon as we saw, we knew we've been oh, waiting. Oh boy, on it. I got the the goose the the goosebumps and everything, kind of sweaty, all, <laughs> kind of sweaty, all excited. Oh my god, I cannot wait for this. I and. I feel good about this one, where things aren't going to work out with Seven Dust. I feel good that things are going to work out, so that we're going to fucking talk to Skeleton Witch in fucking person at Ace of Cups for your ears here in a couple few months because it's in June. The show isn't until June third. Skeleton Witch, if they're coming to your town, go see them. That shit is awesome. I wasn't a big fan of the old stuff with the old singer, and I don't think Brian is either. Oh man, I love this shit with the the new dude, and oh man, it's so good. Devouring Radiant Light. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It is the awesome. It is very good. Um, just just to hear that mass. I mean, it's a it's a wall of sound kind oh, of album. Oh my god! You hear how they do that live. I'm going to be, you know, Clint and I being kind of gear geek kind of thing. We'll be looking at all their right. shit. <laughs> like, how are they? How do you how do you make that a thing? Um, how are three of you playing <laughs> six different things? Right. And this will be the one of four thousand times we'll be geeking out about that show on this right. podcast. I'm sure. But next up. Today we're going to review what? Herod? 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 H-E-R-O-D. It was just a random. Herald of the Rocks? Come by, by me looking at the new stuff. Finally found something. And you know what? For me. I'm going to take a second here. Woo! Ding, 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 ding. Good fucking find by Brian. (laughs) This is a good one. This is going to be kind of like a gateway drug for me, too, because it is not my typical thing. But there's been several of these bands where they do... I'm just going to go right to mine. They they do things that I don't like, 
but they're doing them in such a way that I don't mind it. Right. Um, the long songs, you know, there's like seven songs on the album, but they're seven, eight minutes long. Uh, only a couple of them are really long. There's like three of them that are that are somewhere from seven to nine. That's long for me. Right. Oh. But there's only like three of them. that Most of them are five, six. But, uh, I mean, it's just front to back, heavy... Uh, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know what Clint's gonna say, but I wouldn't call it generic at all. I think it's what it's opposite. Genuine fucking metal, heavy where it needs to be, not heavy where it shouldn't be. Um, and they, I've, no, I found myself doing a weird thing, where you know they have some long intros that are like two or three minutes long, and right when I'm sick of it, and I go, I swear I did that. I looked at the the thing on the radio or my car to see how long it's been going on. And as soon as I looked, it changes. Yeah. You know? So right when yeah. I'm like, this needs to fucking move along, yeah. they did it. So however they figured out my formula, they did. Um, they have some other albums, I think, too. I didn't listen to any of them. This one's called Sombre Dessin. Sombre Dessin. Sombre Dessin. Whatever the hell that means. Right. They're, they're from somewhere else. Sweden? Uh, Sweden, I'm pretty sure. Herod. 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 Are we giving a shits? Episode number five hundred and thirty-four. I want to give it. I want to. Oh, give we're definitely shits. giving shits. I'm we haven't. Shits. We haven't had a chance to give an actual album right. shits this year, and we're going to explain our rating system here for anybody who may be new hearing this. Zero to five. Zero to five. Five being the shit. The shit. I'm going to give Herod four shits. Nice. Four shits, and I'm excited. I'm going to go back and listen to their old stuff. Hopefully, it's similar. Um, but mostly, this can get me into other stuff that I sort of. Cross Call off. Call Luna. Uh, no, not Call Luna. Call Luna. Some other things. Get me over that. Brian can listen to seven minute songs and not be Pink Floyd. Post kind of battle. <laughs> anyway, you're up. That, that's exactly what it is. It's accessible post metal. It's you. You nailed it. I am. I'm doubly proud of you for this. A for pointing this out to me because it was something that I'd completely overlooked and not thought twice about. B because you nailed it in your fucking description. It's accessible post metal. It's. It does have the long intros, and where a Call of Luna song, all of them are going to be seven or eight fucking plus minutes long, and the intro is going to be two minutes and a half, and I love it, and I'm there with it for the whole ride, but someone like you is going to be long gone, turned off, done. These guys have condensed it. A lot of these songs are five, six minutes. There are a couple where they go long. The changes are weird. They they ride out a riff for just the right amount of time. I love it. It is It is really good, and when you condense it like that, it gives it you know, obviously, the more accessible feel to it, and almost a, uh, I, I, you want to say commercial or something? No, uh, there's, it's like just outside of a groove metal feel to it sometimes with the way that they do it. It, I really enjoy it. He gets a little the 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 clean vocals come in a little too often toward the end for me, but I, I'm not going to complain at all. I actually am going to mirror you here and go four shits on it. I fucking love it. I am going to buy a physical copy of it. <laughs> it's it's going to be heavy in the rotation. And uh, you gonna go back? Oh, dude, I've listened to it like three times. No, a I mean day. other the other albums. I I don't know. Is there know. how many? I don't, I don't we'll know. talk about it. Yeah. I don't know how many there are, but this one came up, and it's good to get. Yes, I love it. Next week we will be reviewing Horndall, another Swedish band. Look forward to that. And you know what else we're Are reviewing? you short Swedish? Not Horndel, but Herod? I'm not. Herod? Okay. I'm, not, I'm almost I never. I love Sweden, though. I'm almost I'm never sure of I anything. want it to be because I, I love their I'm pretty cheese. And it's mastered by uh, Call of Luna. Yeah. Uh, Magnus, I think. One of the guys from Call of Luna, uh, which probably lends some of that sound and uh, noticeability for me there. Uh, you know what else we're reviewing next week there, Brian? Notice my 
My grin. Notice that it could be described in the shit-eating grin variety. I really don't know. That's the honest answer. I know. Oh. I know you don't. What? The Claypool Lennon Delirium. You'll be ruining it. You ruining be ruining it? You, <laughs> you will be ruining it. I will be reviewing it. They're, they're doing another one of those? Yes, they are. It comes out Friday. Woo. That's not enough time, Clint. Woo. That's not enough time. It's enough time. You can push play and skip through just like I'm, I do with the God's Back album. So oh, yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I'll review it right now if you want me to. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I want to skip through. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a, a kind of a new thing we're going to do real quick. Well, uh, it only happens once a fucking year. We can't do it weekly. We could. We couldn't. We could. Just talk about the same things every week. Just make it we up. We already do that, I guess. We'll make it up. We'll do CNN. We'll just make <laughs> shit up. So the Grammys. The Grammys happened. They were a thing, and there were some winners and some losers. Yes. Um, unfortunately, Vinny... Somehow ended up on the loser list there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't... I kind of want to give the excuse that is, hell yeah, wasn't that big, but he was in Pantera. Um, how do you not say goodbye to a fucking There's no, Vinnie Paul being snubbed from the in memoriam section of this, of, of the Grammys is just, do you know who else was, who was in there? Did you see anyone who was, who was mentioned? Probably nobody I'd ever heard of. Yeah. But, but to directly answer your question, no. I saw, it's not like either one of us sat down and watched this. We no. both perused the articles about it the next day and now we're talking about it like we, the, we're, yeah, we're going over the irony, I guess. Of right. <laughs> It's just Which, I don't I don't understand how you you just show a picture of him and his bandana and his beard, put, put the dates under it. How do you not? Even if it's not a a metal show, you're not a metalhead. If it's the Grammys, the motherfucker had plaque after plaque after plaque after plaque after all those plaque fucking albums sold. That, that's, I can't believe that they got that, that he got short sold like that. That uh, that was but bullshit. for us metal, we don't fucking care. Yep, fuck them. They can. Yeah, that was me eat flipping a, them off. Eat a dick. <laughs> That's a sound bite. There's a sound bite. And speaking of eating dicks, Greta Van Fleet—they love to eat the dicks. You and your connections are just Greta Van Fleet won a Grammy that Led Zeppelin ever won. How does that make sense? How, how does that make any fucking sense? I really wanted to make fun of it too, but then I realized it's for a song that I like. <laughs> Or the e- that's okay. It's for the EP that I like. That I don't matter. really care for the album. I like the EP. But yeah, the fact that they won and it, it, it's just I guarantee you don't like it more than you like Led Zeppelin yeah, albums. No, no, no. That's not even a, a point here. It, and you know, this Greta Van Fleet v Led Zeppelin thing is kind of on the verge of beating a dead horse here. Well, but, it is. But it's when you win a... This is not, I don't think, this no. conversation. No. We're just not talking about can, all the articles. When You can talking. directly compare... Something that should have happened multiple times to something that really this has already happened. Yeah. That um, part of the frustration there is, and I know that these kids, because they are pretty literally kids. Yeah. And he knows what literally means. And I know what literally means. They, they're a, like acting or not. I'm sure they are not acting like that. I'm sure that they are actually annoyed with the Led Zeppelin conversations at this point. But B. Own it, dude. Yeah. It's not like people are going to stop buying your albums. I don't want to get into this. Th- that, that dead horse thing. Okay. It's the Grammys. Thing. We'll leave it. Yeah, just Greta Van Fleet won for an EP that I do and all candor like. I don't really care for the album. But that's okay because you like Led Zeppelin. Right. It's, like, it's, it's, just, it's no Led Zeppelin. Does that, do you think that opens up for it pisses everyone off so they'll give Led Zeppelin no something next year? Because it's 2019. Nobody. 
They're gonna can they go it? back? Or does it have to come out in that <laughs> year when they do it? Can they go back They're going to do it? an immemorial for all the Grammys Led Zeppelin. Here's won. where we fucked up, okay? <laughs> we're going to correct. We're going to have an entire Grammys of where we fucked up. Okay? Uh, I would watch that. But they got something right. They did get something right. They got a couple things right, actually. But we're only going to talk about one, apparently. No, we're going to talk about two of them. You're skipping something. Chris Cornell oh, won yeah. for uh, Best Rock Performance. It was uh, one of his solo songs. Um, when Bad Does Good. When Bad Does Good. And I've I've never been the biggest fan of his solo stuff, Man. but there is it's him. It has value to it. All of it does. And uh, you know, good. They got they they screwed the pooch there with Vinny. They got it right with Chris. And side note, doing a what is it, what would you call it? What are they doing? Uh, Brad Pitt's doing some kind of documentary or something about that. Put biography. a wig on him and a goatee and I hope not. Oh my god, I hope <laughs> not. I mean, Chris Cornell's, I guess, getting the the recognition and respect that he deserves a little after the fact here, but um, he got plenty of it during. Did he? He never got a Grammy. Did he? Yes. Did he get Grammys for? Oh, oh I think I, he won like six Grammys. Oh, well, that's good. Crazy. I'm glad. Hey, you know, I don't keep track of that shit, but anyway, in life or death, rest his soul. As long as, yeah, as long as good music being recognized, I am okay with it. Did that. he get a, a shout out for the, uh, I, w- I would assume, otherwise there'd be an article about it. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't know, then it then it happened. If we don't know, now you know. Yeah. Uh High on Fire killed it, right? Yeah. And they pissed the best part of this is they pissed so many This is the other Brian Rand I was waiting What's on. What's the what was the band? Trivium. It wasn't Trivium, was it? That's what I kept thinking. All the fucking little fuckers. All the fucking little fuckers. Commenting about how so and so should have won this and so so should have won that. And guarantee none of them have le- ever listened to High on Fire. And I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna say I'm not the hugest High on Fire fan, but I'm gonna tell you that's score one for us. Yes. Score one for the the good guys. Yeah. High on Fire should have won that fucking Grammy. I have no hatred or yeah, anything did. towards Trivium. They they fucking kill the riffs on I don't listen on a fan, whatever, but they, they make intricate, cool music. But again, this one's for for the people that are listening, score one for the good guy. Yeah, score one for Matt Pike and uh, hopefully his toes. <laughs> hopefully, all him, nine of them. Hopefully, him keeping <laughs> all the rest of his toes. That's right. it. That's it. We're on all the social channels. Wait, Clint. There's some good music in the background. What is it? Moon Tooth Trust off their upcoming album Crux out March 29th. We're on social meds. We are on all the social media channels as long as all the social media channels are Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us, like us, love us, follow us. Say thanks to rate us. us. Rate us. Yes. Uh, subscribe. We're on all the podcast places. Subscribe and rate us so that other people will find us and listen to us. And then you can talk about did you hear the stupid shit that these assholes said to each other about us. Send us hate mail. Send us hate mail. We have an email. It's eostupidity at gmail.com. Send us love mail, too. We like both sides of it. I mean, shit, why not? Let's try something new. That's all we got. That's all we got. Bye.